We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Talk Radio or live on Sunday night, which means we're going to be full of airs and hopefully full of energy on a training camp week one. We are back, and so are the Rams. We hope. We hope. Fingers crossed. Here with former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart and Steve Goldstein. Guys, it's it's August. We're finally talking some football. We hope. We had got a little bit of fireworks even before we got started. Just in our, our own private conversation. Here we are again. Nice to see you. Mike, how you doing? Uh-oh. Mike, you there? I think it's on mute. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> what a way it started. Like... How you doing, Steve? <laughs> I'm doing fine, Derek. How are you doing? Doing good. <laughs> I'm doing good, and, and my mic is open. It's been a few... It has oh, been a few months back. Here. You back, Mike? How about this? We do a live episode and we immediately get technical difficulties. Mike is gone for the moment, but we'll talk with you, Steve. Steve, how's it been? It's been a while since you've been on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a long time. So uh, hopefully, uh, uh, we we were hoping that we would kind of be out and out from under this whole thing by by now. But uh, you know, we got to keep on keeping on and. And hopefully we're going to have some football coming up here soon. It, it seemed like uh, 
Sean McVay. Uh, I listened. I just listened to his uh, conf- press conference today that he had out here in L.A. and uh, he sounded a lot more optimistic than he sounded a, a you know a month ago or so ago when he was he was pretty much was going the Debbie Downer uh, route. But uh, uh, and, which I was too. Full disclosure, I was. Uh, I was on the Debbie Downer route at that point too, uh, row too. But uh, it looks like uh, he, he's pretty optimistic, and um, we're we're gonna head towards uh, first game without any preseason games. Well, I mean, he sounds optimistic. I'm. I gotta say, I love his youthful enthusiasm because I I don't know how I can feel enthusiastic. I'm sitting there watching the the my Marlins, you know, go. Go have some fun against themselves. Corona, the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm wondering how long will it be before one some of the other teams crack and, and mess this whole thing up. And it's, it's clear we have a very, let's just say, um, a very infectious disease in terms of. I mean, Ooh, it's, it's yeah. kind of. I mean, horrifyingly lame for me to say. That's the easy way to say it. Contagious. Uh, it's one of the more contagious things we've ever seen. How are they going to keep? You know, 55, 60 guys on a, on a sideline from getting this thing and it's spreading through a locker room. I have no idea because we just saw it go through a baseball locker room plus another one in the last week and a half. And, you know, as we're hearing rumors, our baseball's on the, the teetering point in terms of how we're going to do this. Mikey here, man? Yeah, I'm here. How you doing? We were, we were I, I doing greeted good, you and man. we got how silence. We doing good. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> You know, all these uh, electronic apparatuses and connections, sometimes they go a little wacky. But how's everything going? It's a, it's a joyous day. We're here on Sunday night talking some football. And immediately, you know, when we we started talking about subjects for today's episode, I asked you, Mike, what did you want to talk about? And this is rare because Mike's – we get Mike in the conversation, folks. Mike, Mike will talk about anything. He's He's very opinionated. But it's also very rare that you will come up with, you know, a ton of suggestions. And this is, you had a laundry list of things you want to talk about today. A laundry list. So I gotta, I'm going to start this off real easy because we are likely playing without fans this year. You played and you played in front of fans. Guys, how's it going to feel like to play in front of a fanless stadium this year? Yeah, that would be one of the the more interesting things. I mean, you think of it maybe in terms of a scrimmage or something like that or in a squad that you have, you know, last 10 plays of practice or something. But when you think of you're actually supposed to be playing in front of people, yeah, that would be weird. Probably the first the first go round maybe like, "Okay, man, this is a little weird, but when you're actually talking about playing a season week in and week out, that probably will get a little interesting. But I would imagine, though they say it's fanless, it won't be totally fanless because you still got to have people there, you know, doing certain things. So I'm sure there'll be a few people in the stands. Yeah, I, I mean, the the most of the teams have already opted out their season ticket holders, I think, and are going to allow a, a at some point depending on where we are in in this whole curve, allow some fans in the stands maybe at some point. So so we'll see. But initially, you know, you could see, you know, October, November maybe not having any fans in the stands. And if you think about team sports and how fans affect the visiting team, uh, football is by far the greatest effect on on, on, on visiting on visiting teams in, in sense of what's going on in the field. You know, you have to go to a silent count, and you know we we know all about you know the Seattle uh, stadium and 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 Philadelphia's a hard place and Buffalo's a hard place to play and and those are three venues where the Rams are going to have to play this year, particularly at the beginning of the year in Philadelphia and in Buffalo, which are notoriously tough places to play. And without fans, uh, it becomes basically almost a neutral site game. Uh, I, I suppose they're might be able to pump in a certain level of of noise maybe i I don't know i haven't heard anything about that yet 
But uh, it's going to be a very different experience uh, on the field for the, for the players in the sense that, uh, you know, you, you, you probably won't have to have you sil- a silent count. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see and, and how that that evolves. And, and also, how many fans are they going to allow at some point? Is it to be depending on, you know, what state or what county and, and how bad or how good your numbers are? Uh, in terms of terms of COVID, whether they'll um, have a certain percentage of, of fans, and, and how's that going to relate to you know um, a, a home field advantage, if you will? But you know, I don't know that ten thousand people in a seventy thousand seat stadium is going to make much of a difference. That's what I was wondering. I mean, Mike, how much of a home field advantage does this actually give you a team now, considering? There may not be anybody really there that will cheer. I mean, team employees. Yeah, I mean, you you still have the home field advantage in the sense of you're going. In some cases, uh, teams are able to to stay at home on Saturday nights. Most of them, you know, we have to go hold up at a hotel. But in some places, guys are able to stay at home and and those type of things. So you have the the normalness uh, or the normalcy of being at home, your own bed doing things pretty normal. Hey, I drive to the stadium. I know I'm driving home. I don't have to take a flight back somewhere. So in that sense, it's still going to be somewhat an advantage. But yeah, with the fans, especially in those places you named that are very loud and makes hard for you to get checks out on, you know, with your offense and things like that. Yeah, that will definitely equal the playing field when you're playing uh, in someone else's stadium. I think we're going to see a lot of wacky football games this year because of it. I don't think we're going to see, you know, will Green Bay be as big of a home field advantage? I mean, I'm sure it will be in the cold, but will it be as big of one as it would have been? What about Buffalo or Washington or New York or even, you know, for the Rams for many years now, we've been sitting back and thinking, well, I wish we had a home field advantage because sometimes it doesn't seem like it. But in reality, I I don't see many of these teams really having a true blue home field advantage when, the only thing that now is your advantage would be the elements themselves, cold weather or rainy weather right. in Miami. I mean, I, right. can you think of any other home field advantage you'd have besides the fact you're at home? You know, you could sleep in your own bed that night before and it's your environment? No, it's it's really going to level the, the, the playing field. Uh, obviously, what Michael alluded to in terms of the travel, yes, because that takes you out of your – practice schedule a bit right and but but i i have a feeling that most teams are going to be they're not going to leave on a friday anymore uh for for games that are you know two thousand three thousand miles away i think they want to limit the exposure that they they have uh with their teams in terms of it might be you know leave on saturday morning and get there saturday afternoon saturday night depending if you're going east coast west coast whatever you're doing um, and just having one night at a hotel and kind of limiting the exposure to any outside elements that way. So the, the travel might change a bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, other than the weather, I think they're going to be pretty much neutral site games. And, you know, that's that could be advantage for the offense. We could see a lot more offense this year. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. So let me ask you a question, though. Overall, with – the weirdness of the season, if we have a season, just the weirdness in general. How do you? How excited are you about training camp? You usually come in pretty upbeat, but how are you feeling, Mike? Well, yeah. One of the the questions that comes to mind is simply what type of intensity will actually be out on a football field this year. You know what I mean? Now, there's going to be some, like, you know, back in the day, you know, we would travel down to the Chargers camp or they would come up to us. And it was known to be some scuffles because it was just, okay, Summer, we don't really like you guys. You no, know, we're the real L.A. and all this kind of stuff. So that's that's one of my big questions. What type of intensity will be brought to that? actual games you know our guys going to be thinking more of hey man this is football and it's back to normal as best we can let's get out here and and get things popping or is it going to be you look across the field and you're thinking like man you know i'm sure he missed his family and man nobody wants to get take this back to home or those type of things so that's that that's one of my things i'm looking to see what kind of intensity can be brought to the games 
and how long does that last or is it more like you know we see at the pro bowl <laughs> yeah but i i think once and michael you're obviously you played the game so this is this is your area of expertise but uh i think once these guys maybe get in between the lines and and start you know hitting each other i i think uh the 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 outside um you know, uh, things that are going on in terms of COVID, uh, might, might kind of, uh, they might, they might not remember, they, they might forget it for three hours is what I'm trying to say. And, and, and I think maybe the, 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 the intensity will be there, but, but I, you know, going back to the a lack of crowd noise, I could see that not having the intensity in terms of players on the field. I mean, I don't know, obviously Michael's a better person to speak on this than I am, but you know, not having that crowd noise, not, not being able to shut the home the the home crowd up if you're a visiting team, or getting pumped up as a defensive player because everybody's on their feet and screaming on third down, uh, you know. So, is the intensity from that standpoint going to you know be 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 affected at all? So that'll be kind of interesting to see as well. I mean, I'm I would think that. Players would go in with the same intensity. I'm wondering, as the game wears on and you are used to having those advantages or disadvantages, I'm wondering then how they'll handle the changes. Like how, you know, you're used to fourth quarter down three points and you're on a home field having the crowd behind you. All of a sudden, you don't. Would you be missing in any kind of way something from your game? Will we see as a result? Will we see fewer fourth quarter comebacks this year? Will we, see, you know, what will, what will we see? That's what I'm really wondering. But I guess we'll find out. I'm I'm wondering overall for training camp. I look for for all of it as to what kind of year we're going to have. But there are issues here, like the backup quarterback. Who's our backup, guys? Well, I think I think Wolford's going to be be the backup. Um, for especially in this environment where he's already has a, a year in the system with, with McVeigh and the familiar familiarity he has with the offense, it's going to be really difficult for for Perkins and Love to to get up to speed. So um, you know, unless unless the backup quarterback is not in the building and they feel like they wanted to bring a Blake Bortles back. Um, because he was in the system last year and, 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 and as a veteran. And, and to be honest, I, you know, how comfortable are we having John, like if, if golf, I'm not going to wood right now, guys, but if golf goes down for a month, um, are you comfortable with having John Wolford start four games for you? I, I don't, I don't know the answer to that right now. Cause we haven't really seen him. We've only really seen him in preseason. Right. So, and, and, and he looked, he looked good and he looked like he's a very serviceable backup, but you know, the preseason and the regular season are uh, two different speed tracks. That's uh, two different raceways. So, um, I think Wolford just because of where we are and, and the lack of, uh, reps and, and, the, and, and no, preseason games is going to be unless he just fails miserably and then if that happens um i, I could see them bringing a, a blake bortles back yeah I, I i totally agree in the sense that when you look at it you have a guy with one year's experience in wolford and perkins and love being rookie so you figure well how's a rookie if he's not really having a preseason didn't really have you know any mini camps and things like that, except, you know, whatever they've been doing, uh, you know, by distance, uh, I, I think it, it, it may be someone else. So if Blake Bortles doesn't get signed, you know, obviously they know they can bring a veteran guy in at, at the snap of a finger. They may give these guys whatever they can to, to try to evaluate them and go, you know what, we need to just bring a guy who who's been here, you know, and again, is is he going to be willing to come, you know, back? So so he's still unsigned, I guess. Yeah, uh, Bortles is still still unsigned, um, but I mean McVeigh, and and obviously he's going to say all the right things in terms of Wolford, but it sounds like they have a lot of confidence in him, and uh, you know, uh, not just the 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 physical part, but the cerebral part part of it as well, and 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 I think they they like him, and he he does bring. You know, a lot of uh, mobility uh, 
and athleticism to the, to the position. And, you know, with a, a guy who's a backup, <laughs> he probably need, would need to, to have some mobility. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think Wolford's going to be the guy. Like, like I said, unless he, he fails miserably. And how can he even fail miserably? Because it's only going to be practice. It's not going to be any preseason games, right? So, you know, I, I so think Derek, he's, he's, he's what's the backup. Your, what's your thoughts, man? My thoughts are twofold. A, if Blake Bortles is going to be a factor, he'd already be signed. I think huh. I think there's a reason why. I mean, th- nobody signed him. And he was in Ram- with the Rams all year last year. There had to have been something there that they didn't like, or he'd be back because nobody signed him. Yeah. I mean, or he might not want to play. You he know, might not yeah. want to, but there was never even a buzz about him signing. But there was never nope. even before, even before all this stuff really broke out. There was never a buzz about him wanting to play for anybody or about the Rams wanting him back. Okay, yeah. so in the meantime, we did hear a lot of buzz about how people feel about Wolford, and we saw him play in the AAF, and he looked pretty good. But I know it's AAF. We'll see. But I think it's telling to me that he's the man in camp right now, and not Blake Bortles or somebody else. There are a lot of veterans in this league. There were a lot of people who were calling out, for example, for the Rams to go after Cam Newton, which would have been hard to pull with the salary cap as it was. Yet that was never even really even ta- I guess talked about from the Rams. I think it's just they they like the guy, and that's the bottom yeah. line. I mean, Wolford. I mean, yeah. But if if and I mean, if you're just talking about Cam Cam Newton. Uh, in particular, I mean, I'm sure Cam Newton and his agent wanted him to go to a place where he has the ability to take over the number one job. And, and of course, that wasn't going to happen with the Rams. So, you know, there's got to be got to got to be two two people want to dance together. So I, I from Cam Newton's perspective, it wouldn't probably make a lot of sense for him to to well, go to the Rams. Sure. No, and I was just saying, for there were there are a lot of veterans out there that could, the Rams could have chosen. They could have went True. after, and they didn't. They, they just stuck they with the guy right. that was there. Yeah, right, right. And and, and I think to your point, it, it shows a lot of confidence in Wolford. So I, I think you know, I think he's he's going to be the guy. Mike, I mean, is, are you are you thinking Wolford's the guy? I mean, you're you you're the one kind of picked off and thought, well, maybe kind of point at maybe getting somebody else is. What were you thinking when you brought this question up? Yeah, I'm I'm just thinking that you know when you look at. You know, and I go back to the analogy that was pointed out earlier. If for some reason Derek Goff has to miss more two, three, four games, who's actually going to go in there? You know, are you confident that you can split those four? Are you confident you can win three out of you know three out of four? Are you going to be like, uh oh, we're about to be zero on four? You know, I don't know, but uh, it seems that they're one sold on Goff. And two, not really bringing someone in that would really push for his position. So that tells me they want, you know, golf to be the guy and be the guy for the long haul. That being said, uh, you always want to have someone, not so much that they're looking over their shoulder, but that they just feel a little uncomfortable. You know, Tom Brady is a guy, you guys can bring anybody in here you want. They're going to have to work hard to take this spot. You know, just to hear. And so and that and in their case, they were able to bring in, I would say, what have been some solid, you know, quarterbacks that obviously have left there and went other places. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think, uh, as Steve has said, that John absolutely poses a great opportunity that he could go in and, and do something. But again, this is the NFL. And if you haven't really seen real snaps then against real fronts coming after you, that's a little bit different. But, again, I go back to my point, how much intensity is really going to be brought to the table when you're kind of going out there in a practice practice game environment? Yeah. Well, and, and if you want to talk about, about the other two, if you want to talk about the quarterback position, and, I mean, the, the first question is, do they keep more than two? Now, traditionally, in the McVay-Sneed era, they've only they've only kept two and, and, and then one on the practice squad. Um, is that going to change this year? Are, are they with the, with the added, the two extra spots on the roster? Uh, will they keep three quarterbacks? Will they keep three quarterbacks on the active roster, maybe one on the practice squad, and, and basically keep all four? 
um, based on the fact that, you know, we're hoping Jared Goff is making the right decisions, right, and and, and not going to to concerts or, I mean, that's a bit of an overstatement, but, but you know, we, that he's doing the right things to take care of himself. But, you know, if a guy goes down and test, or test positive, even though he might not have symptoms, he's going to miss two games. I mean, unless it, it hits during a bye week, he's going to miss a minimum of two games and maybe more. So do you want to keep a third quarterback who's actually in the room and, and, maybe, and maybe getting a couple of live snaps? Um, well, third-string quarterbacks probably not getting too many live snaps. But, you know, I mean, do you want to keep a third guy? Do you want to keep a fourth guy on the practice squad? And, and uh, you know, Perkins had a lot of highlight real plays at, at Virginia, but I just don't, you know, he's – he is not ready to be an NFL quarterback this year. Uh, he 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 has a lot of talent, a lot of talent, but he has got a long ways to go in terms of his mechanics. And uh, I mean, with his ball, with the ball in his hands, I, I think he's a great you know wildcat type option, um, uh, or you know as a as a dual threat like a Taysom Hill is it, with the Saints, but. Um, you know, I don't think he's he's ready to to play three four games. Uh, and Josh Love from San Jose State looks fantastic on film. I don't know if you guys had a chance to look at him, but he really does look good. Uh, he actually reminds me a little bit of Kurt Warner. I think we've I've actually said that before about him, and and, and I'm not comparing him to, to having or saying he's going to have a Hall of Fame career, but he, he he is very accurate, very accurate on deep ball, and a uh, uh, very cerebral guy and you know, they, they, there's a lot to like about him too. So, you know, maybe they keep four and, you know, maybe one on the practice squad and, and, and three on the active roster. So it'll be, it'll be interesting, interesting to see, especially because man, your, your, your starting quarterback goes down for whatever those reasons are for three, four weeks. And now you are one positive test away to go into your third string quarterback. And hopefully that person's, you know, got some knowledge of the, uh, of the playbook. Well, think about that for a moment, though. If your starting quarterback goes down, then your second-string quarterback and your third-string quarterback are probably down because they're all in the same room together. They're all been exposed. They're all going to be quarantined. Yeah, but, you know, and this is kind of going back to uh, the, the, the protocols and a point I wanted to make earlier. The protocols the Rams have put in, I don't know if you guys, either one of you guys have actually seen it. If they posted it on the, the Rams website, and they actually had it on NFL Network. But the protocols that they're going through, one of them involves team meetings and that the meetings will not be indoors. The meetings are actually going to be outdoors underneath a tent. And supposedly it's like a, it's like a, a circus big top tent. Like it's that big. It's it's ginormous, and all the pl- position players are going to have their tent are going to have their meetings in these tents, uh, and so they're trying to you know uh, mitigate the the risk. Obviously, the quarterback room being the probably the most important room that there is. So yeah, you, you, but again. They're on the practice field. They're slapping each other high five. They're, you know, you're right, Derek. You, you don't know if a quarterback gets it. There's a good chance a second string quarterback could get it too. So, Mike, yeah, that uh, quarterback situation is again, as we, we you guys have noted, it, it's going to be real interesting. And yeah, I didn't know the whole outside, uh, but that makes sense. Everything, you know, like dining out here in California. Hey, you can stay open. Just go outside right. on the patio. So uh, I get it. And, you know, I, I think, you know, uh, we were talking a little bit off air, Derek and, and Steve, that as we get going and, and, you know, as we're more into this area of what it is, Again, never want to take this situation lightly. It's very serious. I know it is it, around here. You know, I have two what would be a little bit higher risk and my wife and my son here at home. So definitely. Uh, but I think as we continue to go down the road and, you know, we get a little more information, whether it's in protecting ourselves or if you do get it, hey, these are some things that actually work uh, remedy wise to to protect yourself from from getting seriously ill. Uh, and I say that because I have one of my young coaches who will be heading back to Tennessee here in the next week or so. 
he told me the other day, he's like, hey, coach, because uh, he had went to give some blood here in town, uh, which is pretty interesting for a young man to do that. But he said they told him he had the uh, COVID-19 at least twice. And I go, oh, yeah. And he goes, I go, but he, he said, I go, well, how'd they figure that out? He said, well, because I had like all these antibodies in my blood and they but they told him that, yeah, it's very unlikely you could really ever get it because now you basically have a cure that's already inside your body. So for a lot of us, that may already be the case. You know what I mean? I haven't went and got tested, but I think, you know, back in January, I, you know, I got what I thought was sick that, you know, I usually don't get sick. But mm-hmm. then later on, you hear about all this stuff and I'm like, man, I wonder if that might have been, you know, COVID, you know, I yeah. wasn't short of breath or something like that, but I did have a fever and yeah. a few of those symptoms. But anyway, yeah, all in all, it's going to be a path worth watching, but that's been one of the big concerns is if a quarterback gets it and he's your active guy, what do you then do to replace him if he has to now go be quarantined for 14 days? Yeah. That, I mean, that, the, the, who wins the Super Bowl this year might be the team that stays the healthiest, right? That's so, right. That's and, right. And, 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 and I'll tell you, Reggie Scott, it, uh, if, if this team could stay healthy, uh, it would probably be the MVP of the team uh, being the head trainer. And so, I mean, the, the trainers more than just about anybody on the team, including the head coach, are, are going to be vastly important to, to everybody's organization. So, I mean, I mean, can you imagine a starting quarterback going down for three weeks? I mean, that 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 could that will or could, depending on who your backup is and how well they play behind uh, the guy plays behind your starter, that that sinks your season possibly. So, you know, uh, we'll see. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting thing to navigate. That's why, you know, and I know we're going to get on to some other topic, but that's why, I, you know, I've been saying for now a few weeks, I guess, that I just believe everybody, no matter what, is going to get a mulligan this year. Because as we're just talking about some of the things, I'm sure on top of that, there's even more, you know, again, when you are talking about travel, uh, there's a lot that goes into that. Typically, equipment people, they take off. The day before, they get set up. They get the locker room all set up. So now does that also come with a COVID cleaning before you go in, yeah, a COVID yeah. cleaning after how about you come a hotel? Out? How about hotel rooms? Don't you think teams will want to send yeah. their own people in to clean the right. team's hotel room or to buy a whole hotel out? Um, you know, maybe you're not staying at the Ritz Carlton that you really can't, right. you know, buy out. But maybe you, right. you buy out a boutique hotel in Philadelphia you know, where they might only have 200, you know, 150 rooms or whatever. And you and you just buy the whole hotel out. So, you know, it's it's kind of you kind of create your own little bubble there. Right. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So other things in cam two we're talking about include. Well, Corona is just going to be in the background altogether. But that, so we should go ahead and mention this now. Chandler Brewer has been placed on the opt out list. He's chosen to opt out for the season. He said with my history. With non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, I'm at a higher risk and will opt out of playing the NFL in this season, he said. I'd like to thank the Rams for their support and look forward to getting back on the field in 2021 and beyond. Um, so he does have the Rams support for this. Leslie did note that. And also, they this was yesterday, they placed Michael Hecht and Terrell Lewis on the COVID list. Now, Hecht is already off the list. He's already, you know, says he's okay. So that's a good sign. But like you said, Steve, this could be anybody, anytime this year, right? You know, this could be half a team on on the list. The Super Bowl winner might be who's the, who's the healthiest. Yeah, it, it's it could be one of those last man standing type of things. Like who who has the healthiest players and and at the key positions too? Because you know, it's one thing to lose your third string tight end for a couple of weeks. Uh, it's another to lose your starting quarterback. So obviously. Uh, there, there's going to be certain guys uh, <laughs> are going to, but but again, the third string tight end could could, could affect the first string quarterback, right? So you got to make sure that uh, Sean McVay today called it an ecosystem, and it is an ecosystem. So everybody has to um, police themselves, and players are going to have to police each other, 
And if they see a guy doing a thing, maybe or discussing doing something outside of the facility, uh, you know, there, 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 there's going to have to be some policing going down there. And and Michael, you know better than me. In in the locker room, there's no better police than your fellow teammates, right? So yeah, but I mean, that's where I can see where a lot of problem because there's also, you know. Uh, you're you're professionals, you're grown up men, but because part of it is a sport you love so much, playing, if you will, uh, there's still a lot of kind of banter and horseplay that goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. Now maybe it may be a little less because of what's at stake, but you know, do they have separated showers? You know, do yes. They- Yes, they are. They are. Yeah, they, they, it's so it's so funny you say that because they they're gonna have separated showers. They're gonna have uh, plexiglass in between. Nobody's be, sh- you can't share a water bottle. Everybody f- is gonna have their own water bottle for the whole season. It's gonna have your name ingrained on it. So no more sharing water bottles. No more sharing uh, soap dispensers. You know things like that that you you would used be used to in a, in a in a normal locker room setting. So yeah, they're taking those safety protocols. Yeah, so you have all those things in play, but still there's going to be you know horse play or people yeah. trying to play little tricks on each other and things like that. So again, I think what'll happen is, like I said, you know, with my my younger coach. It almost seems like, to your point, Steve, hey, if we're going to get COVID, let's get it early in the year. All right, you guys, now that you've had it, you have built up antibodies, right, if that holds true. And now that team is really not going to have to worry about someone coming down with it again, you know, for the duration. So it may be a timing thing like that that they go, hey, man, if we're going to get it, let's just get it all as a team right now, take our two losses and then, you know, we got well, a now 14-week run. Yeah, I mean, the science doesn't 100% point to that because I actually know somebody who had it and then waited a while, t- tested positive, and then maybe waited too long to get an antibody test because the antibodies came up negative, right? So if you're talking about call herd immunity within a team i don't think that's going to happen and and i mean that's just too much of a risk and, and the other thing is if you get tested every single day uh it, it you'd have to shut down you'd have to shut down the team you know you'd have to shut down and this uh this is not just for the players this is for the organization not you know it's for the not just the coaches not that just the people who are on the team but the people in the front office the people who have you know, contact w- with with players. Uh, you know, the training staff, the 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 guys in the in the in the in the locker room preparing helmets, preparing mouth guards, whatever, what have you. So, I mean, I know there's a lot of protocols that are going in, but people within those buildings are going to be tested daily, pretty much. So, it's going to be interesting. I just think that it's so contagious. You kind of just have to, to just cross your fingers, man. Seriously, get down your yeah. knee and pray. I, 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 I'm a believer that we're probably going to see this season split up a bit. I don't think it's going to work out the way anybody thinks it's going to work out because it's just, you know, I, I look back like this week where we saw like Herman Cain, that Republican former presidential candidate, die um, of it. We've had Nick, that guy from who was on Broadway, was my age, who died of it. Uh, we've had over a thousand people. This well, over the thousand people die this week of it, and I'm and just a thousand thinking people a day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a thousand people a day, yeah. and I'm just. There's no way that they're all being careless. There's no way that they're all not being careless. This is it's if you're it's going to get around, and so I hate to be the Debbie Downer here, but this is going to to me. This is, has a ring of. A season that's going to be uncertain all the way through because you just never know when it's when that germ's going to get in the locker room. Yeah, well, I mean, it's going to be difficult because they're not in a bubble like the NBA is in a bubble. The NHL is pretty much in a bubble in the sense they've, you know, they they're in two cities, right? So there's not a lot, of, there's not a lot of travel going on, and uh, so you could say that they're kind of in a bubble too. And so, what what sport 
has the first outbreak in, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, you know, the Miami Marlins, they're putting baseball's in jeopardy right now. I mean, and so, but these guys are not in a bubble and they're going out and they're doing their thing. And it just took one or two of those guys on that roster to affect a lot of people in that organization. And that kind of just shows you, you know, that guys are going to have to police each other and they're going to have to do the right thing. And, 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 um, so that's what it's going to it's going to come down to uh, who 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 remains the healthiest. Uh, I just think it's going to be a crapshoot. I, I don't I Mike, you and I talked about this, about the Mulligans thing. I'm not even sure it's Mulligans. I just don't know how much talent will matter this year. I mean, talent will matter with from the worst team in the league to the best team in the league. I'm sure in some cases the best team in the league is, in the, even with some people doubt, are going to be better than the worst team in the league, talent-wise. But I'm just wondering how much this sickness will, in the end, create parity. How much will? Because if all of a sudden the Bucks lose Tom Brady or somebody else to something, they're a different team. The Eagles lose Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz, or there's a you know offensive line gets taken out. If the Rams lose Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, and Jalen Ramsey goes to that locker room, then what? I mean that's that's a whole different team. Yeah, no doubt. And when you think of in terms of, we're all also assuming if there was someone who tested that it's only going to be the whatever 10 to 14 days. But what if you're a 21-day guy? Right. And then what if you're like uh, Ezekiel Elliott who says, yeah, I don't have it anymore, but, yeah, I'm still really short of breath. I can't really right. do this. You know what I mean? So then you have, you know, it's like that hamstring injury that now turns into a six-week hammy. So that's that flip side of that that coin. Yeah. So, yeah, there's well, just I mean, a lot of uncertainty. It, it, it's going to be a lot of education, and it's going to be incumbent yeah. upon upon coaching staffs and the head coach, uh, obviously, to and, and obviously Sean McVay's. A, we we've known him to become a pretty good communicator and getting his point across to to his players. So, you know, I think uh, uh, it's it, it, but it, it is. It's going to be about education for all of these guys, and it's and to take it seriously, and you know. To, to do all the things that they're supposed to do and uh, knowing that your season is in jeopardy. If you don't do these things, your season is in jeopardy. And um, so I, I think from that standpoint, if, the, if, if players can, can take it seriously um, and, and they ha- all the teams have had protocols that have now been approved uh, by the CDC and by the NFL – uh, I think I think we can get through the season season okay, uh, but again, it's going to be it's going to be up to the players, and they're going to have to police themselves. So, so Derek, real quick, do you think uh, the NFL could create a bubble in maybe let's say four cities since it's more teams? I think they could. I think that if they did. Let me ask this question. You remember back when you were 21, 22, 23 years old in the league, right? <laughs> I see where you're going. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just think about that. And I think, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I'm a 41-year-old dude, man, right. who is, right. is, who is who, who's gotten to the point in his life where I'm just comfortable being at home. Right. A 23-year-old. I see where you're going. Uh, he, yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I, would, I would seriously wonder at the mental health of 16 – 17 weeks of a season being stuck in a city quarantine with your teammates and you can't do jack like i mean yeah well i guess you just got to go down to atlanta and get you some lou will well it's so funny you say that because i spent a lot of time in atlanta i've worked i worked in atlanta the last two years i've probably spent more time in atlanta than i've spent at home and um it's so funny to me that (laughs) i mean I mean that a strip club would actually be open during this time. Right. A strip club is not exactly, um, you know, a place for social distancing. Let's say, right? 
And right. it, it's so funny, but I will tell you the hot wings there are really, really good. Um, but Man, I wouldn't touch any of those hot wings. We talked. <laughs> I wouldn't touch any of those things. You just, oh my gosh! I mean, you wonder how you know, the carry Miami, some Lysol. I mean, you wonder how you wonder why the Marlins got you know are are. Right. are I mean, look, Michael, you played in South Beach. We don't yeah. need we don't need to tell you what's going on in South Beach. So I mean, yeah, I mean it's it depends on 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 the city. But as far as the bubble goes, th- that ship is long long sailed. Obviously, I mean they're 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 kind of um, locked into to how things are, are going to go now. But but uh, yeah, I mean it would it, it, the fact that there's so many teams and they're at the beginning of the season where the NHL and the NBA were already at the end of their seasons. So logistically, it was it was. You know, obviously, a lot easier for those for those leagues to to have a bubble. You know, unlike baseball, who was just starting their their season and and couldn't couldn't put their their teams in a bubble because there are too many of them, and logistically, it just it's just would not make make sense. I mean, it would just be a nightmare. Where would they be playing? You know, what stadiums would they play at, and all that. So, anyways, that that ship's kind of sailed. But yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. It's, it's going to, again, it's going to go back to who remains healthy. So, and smart. Well, we'll find out. I know the, how the Rams have been doing the best they can to get these guys in, you know, as a team to play smart, but even this, even the Rams coaching staff for the most part is pretty young. I'm just wondering how they will, I, well, let me say this way. I think this year will be one of the most mentally trying seasons in NFL history in every team, but especially the teams that are younger. The teams who, who you know, they got a bunch of young guys trying to lead a bunch of young guys. I'm very interested in like, what happens in Cleveland. Cleveland's freaking cold as a young team up there with a first-year head coach. That is going to yeah. be – I mean, and they're, they're just as low. They were loaded last year talent, and saw what happened. They're still loaded, okay? They could easily come out this year and go 12-4 and four, or go 4-12. and 12. Right. I mean, so how will these young teams teams react with you know young coaches? You know, for the Rams being in LA, I just look at it and go, well, you know, they, they there's there are some rocks there. Aaron Donald being one of them, Aaron Whitworth, who's been who's had COVID. That's leadership. Hopefully, yes, these guys that's settle a down. Great point. Yeah, uh, Derek, that's a great point actually about Andrew Whitworth. Because there's a guy who's a leader in the locker room who's actually experienced it firsthand, whose father-in-law had to go to the hospital, and his whole family got it. And actually, I think one of his kids was pretty pretty ill. And so there's a guy who, if, if any of the younger guys are going to listen to as a team leader and as a veteran, he's going to be a guy who's going to have – you know, who, who's been through it, who's been on the front lines of the disease. So, so that's a great point. Yeah, exactly. All right, everybody. So in, in what's been a rather wacky night since we went on the air, you know, Mike comes on the show. Oh, we're going to leave that in. <laughs> Let's leave that in, okay? Let's leave that whole weirdness in the in so we can be like, where'd Mike go? Did Mike do one of his disappearance again or not? Let's leave that in the show just for giggles. Well, we're going to be back midweek. You know, we were actually just starting to dig in on training camp. And by midweek, we're going to know a little more what's going on. We know that Hard Knocks is, is going to be filming. We know that there are lots of questions surrounding this roster. Like, well, what's next after Todd Gurley? What about the fact that the front seven has, has possibly as many as five starters? That's what Turf Show Times actually know this week. You know, hey, what about Jalen Ramsey? Where is you know, where is he now with John Johnson back? That's going to be, that's going to be a great thing to talk about. New coordinators across the board. We've got an offensive line, which the team didn't really address until late in the draft. We have a lot of things to dig in on and not enough time to do it. So before we roll out of here, though, any final thoughts from you, Steve? What you got? Yeah, first of all, when you just said that talking football, I you got me incredibly excited. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to sleep until our next podcast because I am so fired up about just talking football. I just want to talk football. I mean, I know all these things have to be talked about and 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 all, but man, I can't wait to talk about you know the tight end room and the the offensive line room and and the, and the D backs and what the roster is going to look like and how that's going to shake out. So I'm very excited about that. So yeah, let's do that. Let's get on that road, Mike. 
Yeah, man, I'm uh, excited to see, you know, how this running back situation, uh, you know, the report out that, you know, we got such a worse running back situation based on youth and all this kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, that's going to be one of the spots I'm really looking at, the running back position. We already talked about the quarterback position, but, you know, looking forward to, you know, getting getting up to speed earlier later on in this week in regards to what's really going on now that things are actually moving in that direction. guess we're going to find out. For me, I am cautiously optimistic, believe it or not. I know you all think I'm the Debbie Downer, but I think that we're going to have a season. I just have no idea how it's going to break down, but I'm confident we're going to have a season, so let's get, let's get going. You can find us at... Talk Rams on Twitter. You can find us at ramstalk.net for our, all of our written stuff. You can find the podcast, a or podcast can be found. You can find me on Twitter, DC Paul. You can find Mike at 1do23. And here we go. See if I can remember. It's been so long. Steve Goldstein at Rams, our home 16. Did I get it? Yes. R A M S R and home, H O M E 16. Uh, that's Steve's quality tweets at. <laughs> That. <laughs> no. Bam. So, all that in mind, we'll see you all next week. Well, not next week, this week, this week, midweek, for another show. We are out of here. Have a great one. Out of here. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.